Stella Belafonte here, and thank you for joining me at my table on this Tuesday for another tasty top pick. We're going to have an appetizer because I'm greedy. Then there's the main course, which is what brought you here in the first place. And we'll end things with a sweet dessert. Boy, have I ever. I hope you're hungry. Enjoy. Stop it. Y'all gonna get this podcast. Hello, Tasters. Stella is here, and I am glad to be with you all. I got kind of got behind with posting a tasty topic because you know, life. Life is I don't want to say it's gotten in the way, but life is life. You know, sometimes you just don't feel like it. I gotta admit that. For my Tasty Tuesday, I had so much other stuff that I wanted to get into. So, um, in our last recording, episode 44, I was telling all you tasters that I was on my way to a Yelp event. Tasters, I had a beautiful time. Listen, shout out to Yelp and all that they do for us elites. Yes, I am an elite and it is a good feeling. So anyway... We were invited to a tasting for a Caribbean restaurant in Flatbush. Now I'm going to shout them out because I've been there. It's called We. O-U-I. Look it up. Like we we in French. Excellent restaurant. Beautiful decor. It's run by a young lady and a gentleman from Trinidad. We were treated to some real tasty appetizers. Ooh, look. Here goes. Look. Here goes the appetizer. Fried shrimp skewers. Seasoned fries oxtail empanadas and corn ribs so one of the young ladies at my table she was laughing at herself because when she saw corn ribs on the menu she literally thought that it was going to be like some barbecue spare ribs coated in like a corn crust and we didn't laugh at her because none of us had ever eaten corn ribs before it's just that i knew about corn ribs because I'm greedy and they for some reason have been popping up in my feed on Instagram but um I never tasted them and they're actually pretty good so any of you who haven't ever tasted corn ribs they are shaved slivers of corn that a chef like instead of shucking the corn they shave it off the cob and it comes out like I said in like it's like peeling a corn cob and it comes off in slivers and it's good so we had roasted corn ribs and ooh, some of the nicest prettiest drinks they even had a drink demonstration it was really nice and again it's called we check it out it's in flatbush and i am going to put it out there for all of my brooklyn tasters and my new york city tasters period according to the staff at we they are having a brunch tasting on October 16th, so mark it on your calendars and RSVP will be restaurant. They're going to have their first brunch tasting. And if I'm not mistaken, they provide hookah as well. So um, we need more turn up brunches in New York City. We got some great restaurants, but we got to pick it up because I keep hearing like the, um, the my Yelp house that I was sitting in 
you know, drinking and eating with. They were talking about all of these brunch experiences out of town, like D.C. and Atlanta and Tasters. I have been all the way to Africa. I have still not yet made my way to Atlanta, Georgia. So they were talking about all of these turn up brunches that last the whole eight hours. The last time I would say we had a brunch experience in New York that was pretty turned up. Oh, you know what? That leads me to a, I know you fucking lying. Yes, yes, yes. Ooh, tasters. I got a good one for the end of this episode. <laughs> oh my God, I just got to remind myself. Let me put a, look, pinch my wrist so I can remember what I know you fucking lying. I'm going to drop on you regarding um, a brunch experience. So anyway, the last one that I can remember that was pretty turnt was Woodland. Anybody remember Woodland on Flatbush Avenue in Brooklyn, not far from the Barclays? That place was lit. Good food, good music. Everybody, you just able to shake your ass. So apparently, well, Woodland is definitely closed now. They've turned that location into a seafood ball spot. But Woodland has reopened as a brunch cruise starting, I think, this coming Sunday. So get into it, tasters. Yeah, Woodland is doing brunch cruises um, on Sundays with Bottomless Mimosas. And that actually sounds pretty wild. And um, it's something that I might want to get into. So anyway, that was my appetizer. And oh, I have to shout out my boy Llama from Views of an Ex. Yeah, summer Stella was something. But I think the autumn of Stella is about to be something as well. Well, he had what's called a spin party last Friday. And I enjoy myself so the whole point of the spin party is you know it's a regular party they invite people to come and they have a wheel that looks like the wheel on wheel of fortune or the wheel that you spin on the price is right and you spin the wheel in these different categories from trap to r&b hip-hop reggae classic soul just all the categories so whatever your wheel lands on the dj just spins out for about four or five songs straight and what they do is whoever is picked to spin the wheel, they ask you, what do you hope that the wheel lands on? Like, let's just say I say Afrobeats. If it lands on what I hope for, um, hold on, Tasis. I just got distracted by this very cryptic text. <laughs> Give me a sec- a second. Look, I can't even talk. See, that's why I can't. I, now, I'm not doing this off my phone today. I'm actually doing this off of my laptop and I, I got a little thrown off. So, look, I'm going to hold this thought for a second, but BRB. Hey, hey, Tay says I'm back. Pardon me. Look, I had a, a human moment. You see, you know, th- this thing ain't easy. Whether you're doing it from your phone or your laptop or your tablet, um, life, it, it will step in and sit you down and let you know that you are still a person and not a podcaster. So anyway, with the spin party, what they do, like I said, they have categories. And if you, if your spin lands on what you'd hope for, you get a free shot. So by the end of the night, everybody was tipsy boots. The crowd was really moving. And that's one thing I do like and I appreciate. Again, shout out to Lama from Views of an Ex podcast. 
he makes the crowd move. It was himself and another DJ who I'm not familiar with, but they was both doing it. It was fun. And the place that they had it at, this is another spot that you got to check out. It's in Williamsburg. It's called the Savoy Latin Bistro. S-A-V-O-I. The Everybody was like really super friendly. The owner was there. He was mingling with the crowd and dancing with us. The food was good looking. I go somewhere. I don't care if it's a party. If you got a menu and the kitchen's open, Stella gonna eat. And I enjoyed some um, tasty bites and smoked the hookah. Oh, and shout out to the Savoy for providing hookahs that burn. I think the hookah that I ordered, I might have ordered it an hour after I got there. And I stayed for about the next two hours. And it burned the entire time without a refill or without needing the charcoal relit. So, yeah, shout out to the Savoy for good food. And they were serving big drinks. Oh, I love a place that does not skimp on the drinks. No skinny glasses. Like, they were actually giving out drinks in college-sized cups with lids. So, yeah, the Savoy Latin Bistro in Williamsburg. Check it out. And they have brunch as well. Brunch with hookah. Yeah, that's this is the one thing I regret about not having weekends off is these fun brunches. That's why I gotta start. Look, this is what work is for stacking your overtime so you can put in for some days and enjoy yourself. And anyway, tasters, um, hey, how many of you all are into a ham the handmaid's tale on Hulu? That's really a show that I got into from day one. It's excellent. If you ain't up, you need to catch up. So anyway, we are up to season five. And you know what I noticed about The Handmaid's Tale? And I'm usually not one of these people that play the... I don't want to say I'm playing the race card. But it is not going unnoticed that The Handmaid's Tale, this this dystopian future that they are living in, is very white. The only black central character was a black woman who had escaped being a handmaid. If you all don't know, like I said, I'm not going to give a whole breakdown, but The Handmaid's Tale is this future where the men run the world and the women are like nothing and they break the women into different categories. And I guess I am going to give a breakdown. You got the handmaids who are the breeders because for some reason in this new world order, women are infertile. So they've kidnapped women and started forcing them into breeders. So the handmaids are the breeders. Then you got the Marthas who do like the cooking and the cleaning and taking care of the house. And then you have who's called the, the, the aunties. The aunties are the ones that keep the girls in line. Like basically the the teachers and the principals of this whole, again, this, this, this crazy future that's imagined in this series. Well, anyway, one thing that I noticed about The Handmaid's Tale, there's not too many black characters. I remember in like season three or so, that was even mentioned. They were talking about one of the households where a commander, those are the husbands that run everything. The commander had a choice and he could have chosen a black woman as a handmaid to be a breeder and they specifically did not want a black handmaid then i remember then there was a black handmaid they killed her off the show and again the only other black central character is a woman who escaped being a handmaid she was actually a surrogate carrying a baby for someone else before this whole you know this future set in before this new world order happened and then there's no blackness. Like, honestly, I have I don't even think I've seen a black commander 
again, the commanders are the ones who are running the show. They are the big boys. They they are the alpha males who the husbands who control everything. And I'm thinking to myself, you know how sexy and wonderful it would be to add a black commander, a good looking black commander with like a great speaking voice with some oomph about him. You know who I picture as a commander on The Handmaid's Tale? I would love to see Idris Elba as a commander. Wouldn't you? Like, you know, when you look at that show, you just like, oh, I could never, I could never, I, I would die. I would just kill myself. Just imagine being forced to breathe for Idris Elba. Hmm, that might put a new spin on this series. And as far as, again, the black central characters, I think it's time for a black auntie. For all of my tasters who watch, you all know Aunt Lydia. That's my girl. You know, she's mean. She's rough and tumble. You know, she's bitter. She's just Her heart is broken. And she brings that shit into the series, and I love it. I feel like she needs an arch nemesis on the show. Bring a black auntie. Look, bring me on. <laughs> Let me park Aunt Lydia. Put her in a place. Sit in a corner. Let her know. I'm not your mentee. I'm not your student. I'm here to do it job Aunt Lydia. Oh, I think I would give Aunt Lydia a run for her money. Well, anyway, that's um my um breakdown and review of A Handmaid's Tale. It's a really good series. Again, if you ain't up, you better catch up. And what else do I want to go over? Oh, remember we were talking about my dreams tasters in the last few episodes. I said I was going to start writing down and recording my dreams because they were so vivid during that mercury retrograde i ain't gonna bullshit you i never did that i didn't i slept with a notebook next to me never wrote anything but some of the dreams that i was having i didn't want to write them down they were just like very heavy they were actually dreams that i wanted to forget when i woke up you know how when you're watching a cartoon and you see the character dreaming and then when they wake up, it's like a bubble that pops. That's what was happening to a lot of my wacky dreams. And honestly, I'm glad. I was having dreams that was really waking me up in the middle of the night with my heart racing. Not exactly nightmares, but they weren't pleasant dreams. And speaking of pleasant dreams, how often does that happen? Tastes, have you experienced that? I know people that talk about they don't know their dreams. They don't even remember dreaming or that they don't dream. And I'm here to let all my tasters know. Scientifically, it's been said that you dream every night. No matter whether you remember your dreams or not, you remember you dream every night, even if you forget your dreams. So to all my tasters who think they don't dream, we all dream. But this is my question to you, tasters. How many of you all have experienced these pleasant dreams where you go to sleep with a smile on your face and you dream in a like beautiful landscapes and getaways and gardens I can't I don't think I can recall that I mean if it happens I ain't gonna lie I've had I guess what you could call um erotic dreams I don't think it would be called a wet dream because I'm a woman but I have definitely had dreams about fucking (laughs) I guess because I'm just a nasty girl not nasty but I'm naughty I'm fresh I'm grown I'm triple X rated behind closed doors and I definitely have had some fuck dreams but all of these beautiful dreams like about being a princess and flying and shit like that yeah I ain't never experienced nothing like that not that I can recall most of my dreams are vivid and based in reality even if something crazy happens within the dream or you know what I am a victim of if I fall asleep watching something nuts that will pop up in my dream and oh the term I was looking for when I was talking about dreams 
in that episode when I mentioned dreams was lucid dreaming. Damn it, I've got it. Lucid dreaming is when you realize that you're dreaming within your dream state and that you do things to control what happens in a dream. I've definitely experienced that. I've had dreams that was so weird where as it's happening, it's like, all right, yeah, get me out of here. Let me wake up now because this is definitely a dream. This is some stupid shit. You know what I do recall and I am going to tell a little of myself? You know how greedy I am? Any of my tasters, have you ever had a dream involving food? (laughs) And you kind of sort of knew you was dreaming. Again, that lucid shit. And before leaving the dream, you're going to see if you can taste the food. Like, tasters, I have had dreams where I was at a restaurant or I was waiting for some food to be made. And the shit is so vivid. It's like you can even smell the food where I can in the dream. But I never get to eat in my dreams. Tasters, have any of you ever eaten in a dream? Oh my God, I know that's some greedy shit. Well, anyway, moving right along. And thank you, Tasters, once again for your patience with me. Like I said, I promise you weekly content. I know that I have listeners and it's more than just three. It's actually quite a few. And I'm so grateful and fortunate. So let's talk about what has brought us to the table today my 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 what the fuck do we have here in this celebrity world with everybody falling apart does anybody stay in love anymore does anyone stay married anymore my mind is actually blown by the amount of breakup and divorce announcements that have come across me on my timeline In a matter of days, no shit tasters. In the last few days, there have been announcements of celebrities divorcing after good years together. And I am going to mention them. This is not gossip. We're going to talk about it as as it applies to me and my emotions and my perspective. First and foremost, we're going to start with Nia Long and that cat that she was with. The basketball player. What is his name? He made... I don't know if it's Udoka or Udoka. Well, either way, they out of here. I don't know if they out of here, but he was accused of some fuck shit that really threw a monkey wrench in their relationship. And and I feel for Nia Long. You know, I do. I, I feel for her because it's embarrassing. I'm not one who subscribes to that school of thought like, huh, how could you cheat on the beautiful Nia Long? Mm-mm. I'm way past that. I know good and well that being good looking is nobody saving grace from anything. If that was the case, only beautiful people would have happy marriages. And all of us regulars and so-called uglies would never be happy. And we know that's not the case. So I don't believe that the reason why Nia Long shouldn't have been getting cheated on is because she's so gorgeous. I feel like she shouldn't have been getting cheated on because she shouldn't have been getting cheated on. It's hurtful. It's fucked up. She has children. She is a very public persona. People know who Nia Long is. You know, we didn't even know all of her business up until this scandal, you know, to get cheated on. And Tasters, what do you think about this? What do you think about men cheating and when they cheat, they kind of like destroy your family unit? I'm not talking about a man that cheats and he gets caught and, you know, you forgive him, you take him back, you know, as your business. I'm talking about doing something within his cheating that's so scandalous that... 
it ruins your finances. It really upsets your home where you might have to pack up and leave town. Like when we speak about forgiveness, can you forgive that tasters? Then the singer Miguel, apparently, I didn't know Miguel was married, but he's getting divorced. Um, they even started doing like a whole list online. Shout out to the shade room and they fuck shit about all of the celebrity couples. They put the red zigzag between them. So they was just popping off like in the last year. Celebrities with divorce announcements. Um, the actor Tracy Morgan, Anthony Anderson and his wife. And the one that kind of shocked me most of all, well, it didn't shock me. And I have a theory on it, but... Tia Mowry and her husband, Corey Hardrick, she made a very public announcement. She felt the need to share with us that she and her husband are divorcing after 14 years of marriage. Wow, Tasters, what do you think about that? You know, she even talked about loving herself and being a woman in her 40s. So 14 years, that means that they were together, you know, in her really... Yo, your first, I would say the formative grown-up years. I think once you hit that 30 mark, that's when you are really like, okay, I'm grown now. I got this. I'm ready for the world. But she got with him when she was about that age, and now she's in her 40s, and it's over. And you know what? I'm just seeing, again, all of these marriages around me just collapsing, these relationships just falling apart. And it makes me wonder, all my tasters out there, the women who love to talk about women that can't keep men. What you think about this? Yeah, I'm talking about my married tasters. Because, you know, I've, I've heard that. I've heard several women talk about women that can't keep men or um, women that ain't married. You know, it used to really be a badge of honor to talk about having a ring. Or, you know, when you read posts about celebrities who are unmarried and going through shit in relationships, the first thing that a lot of women throw out there is... Again, this ring, shit. Please, all of that. You ain't even got a ring on your finger. Like, does having a ring make you better? Does it justify anything as far as cheating or staying together? Because I feel like, to me, with all of these relationships falling apart, I'm sure at some point, the women especially were very proud to have rings and to be calling themselves married women even Brady Tom Brady the NFL player him and his supermodel wife um it's over and you know what I'm noticing in a lot of these marriage situations it's the women who are filing I don't know how social media is finding it out about these celebrities who's the one that put in the papers but apparently it's the women who are fed up so it's like it's such an imbalance to me you got women who are very judgmental about women not being married and not having rings and then this whole it's like a gang of women who are just saying i'm out of here i don't want this no more what you think about that tasters and again to my married tasters how do you feel about women just calling it quits throwing in the towel You know what? It makes me wonder about the whole marriage vows. You know, they're updating so much when it comes to love and relationships. I hear that there's a judge trying to pass an order about polyamorous relationships. Yeah, shout out to that judge or those judges. That's a big deal. That's a tasty topic for another day. You know, they're focusing on like polyamory and 
the LG, you know, the alphabet relationships in their marriages. But how about an update of the vows? I've never really understood wedding vows. I feel like the vows are so outdated. And is that really in the Bible? You know, for somebody who has not read the Bible back to front, I've only read the Bible in pieces, chunks, halves. But on the actual dearly beloved, we're gathered here. Is that a chapter and verse in the Bible? I've never known that. Because you always see a minister at weddings and, you know, in movies, on TV or whatever, opening the Bible, and then they start the whole spiel. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here. Is it in the Bible? I'm going to have to look that up. And the reason why I brought up the vows is maybe it needs to be changed. Instead of dearly beloved, we are gathered here and to join this couple in holy matrimony till death do they part in sickness and health. Maybe they need to update it to say we are gathered here for the good or the bad, the ugly, for what could happen. You never know what could happen within a love and a marriage. All we can do is pray for this couple. You know, they should update that shit about speak now or forever hold your peace. Yeah, just leave that out completely because the way marriages are going lately, you're going to get a chance to speak on it. And people are just offering their business up so publicly. Um, you don't have to hold your peace anymore. Like, you don't have to talk about it at the wedding. Because apparently, soon enough, you'll be able to talk about it at the divorce party. But yeah, I feel like they should update the whole marriage vows process. It Again, to me, it's outdated. I know a lot of ministers have chopped out that portion about honoring and obeying your husband. So if you can just delete that from the whole thing, why can't you just reword it completely? I feel like we live in a world where things are so temporary and nothing is guaranteed. That's sickness and health for richer, for poorer. Every marriage that I see falling apart, the, the term is irreconcilable differences. And then when these couples tell their story after it's all said and done, They talk about money was an issue or infidelity or just being fed up with each other. So couples are not staying together for richer, for poorer, good or bad, sickness and health. So again, it's just my opinion that they need to reword it. And another thing that's going on, like besides the marriages, you know, God, just my prayers go out to everybody who is in a strained relationship at this point. I've definitely had my experiences, you know, as a woman for years, just going through shit with men. And I've never even made it down the aisle. You know what I mean? I've never made my way down the aisle. I've never had a proper engagement. You know, I was pre-engaged, but never had a man drop down on his knee and propose to Stella in front of friends and family, you know, with balloons and champagne and flowers and all of this other goofy shit. When I say goofy shit, I feel like a lot of shit lately when it comes to love, romance, and marriage is just so performative. Oh my God, is anything real? Is it natural anymore? Or what's the term that everybody's using now? Is anything organic? What happened to the purity? What happened to going away for the weekend and then coming back and telling your friends, girl, he put a ring on it. I'm engaged. Like, I'm not shading or hating on these couples that do all of these big announcements. But it's like, 
how authentic are some of these engagements? You know, like I'm starting to think like a lot of the ones that I see, you can't tell me that these women are surprised and didn't know. Or what about the women out here picking out their own rings? When did that start? I've heard that. I remember um one of my peoples, we had a discussion about that. I think that's really like, I don't know, that's kind of like loveless to me. Like even if I don't like my ring, I would rather my husband put a ring on me that I don't like. And I put my arms around him and tell him that I don't like it but I love him, than to be shopping around for my own ring. I don't know. Something about that is just very strange to me. Uh, Again, like I said, a lot of love and marriage in this 21st century is very performative. Nobody seems to be in it for the long haul. And I was having a conversation with my cousin a couple of hours ago regarding breaking up after being together so many years. Like, they did a timeline. Again, Tia Mowry and her husband divorcing after 14 years and a lot of the other couples I mentioned been married 10, 15, 20 years and better. Look at Blair Underwood. Ooh, he's another one that I could see on The Handmaid's Tale. His fucking looks are just timeless. That man is so wonderful. Yeah, he's another one, but he and his wife divorced after damn near 30 years of marriage. And that made my head spin. So when I was talking to my cousin about it, I equated jumping out of a marriage. When I say jumping out, just my opinion, I just feel like it's like the equivalent of breaking your ankle at the finish line after you ran a race. It's like, damn, I'm here and I'm about to hit the ribbon and bust through it. How the fuck did I break my ankle? I don't know. That that's just me. Like I don't understand. Like what what were the vows for? What did you mean? Now this is the thing I will say. I know that people change. Now people jump up if they turn into somebody totally different on you in a marriage. Somebody intolerable. Like I remember that terrible show on own that black love. I never liked that show. I was speaking to another family member about that show. As a matter of fact, Tia Mowry and that Corey Hardrick dude were on the show. And they keep showing clips from their relationship when they were guests on that show. And they were talking about body language. And that they never really seemed to be happy with each other, especially her husband. Well, anyway, I brought that up to say, like, there were so many couples on this show the things that they were talking about going through was like tumultuous shit where they were like being praised on the show for sticking together through it. And it's like, but why? (laughs) I think on that black love show, you had couples where at one point there was a husband who went through some shit where he had started smoking crack for like 10 years within the marriage. And then he recovered. There might've been another couple that divorced and remarried other people and then divorced those people and remarried again like is that what black love is all about hooray for black love i'll pass you know the question that um was asked i saw online was would you rather be miserably married or single and lonely and i'll tell you neither one I do not choose a miserable marriage, but I don't choose to be single and lonely. I'd rather be single and lit before I'm locked down and miserably married to anyone that I don't love or like. I don't understand it. And tasters, what do you all make of the men? Let's take it back to Nia Long, who feel that she should just stay 
with her man. They're not even married. This is actually her baby's father, her son's father. That you know, the men feel like she might as well stay. How about Marlon Wayans, the comedian, who actually did a video on this woman's business saying that he feels that she should stay. Why not? Because anybody that she gets with after him, it'll probably be worse. How do men figure that? I wonder, is that why so many men are miserable and frowned up in the face and trapped in loveless situations? Because they're afraid that if they let go of who they're with, that whoever they're with afterwards or what's waiting is going to be worse? Hmm. I ain't going to lie. I know I sometimes have that feeling. Like, you know... You're going to have good days and bad days with your person. And I have looked around like it could just be a bad day with me and my bad man. I'll put it out there. Just a regular bad day. I'm human. And you know what I will say to myself? Like, shit, I don't give a shit. We, we good. We good. Do you see what the fuck is out here? Yeah. But you know what? My bad man ain't on a crack pipe. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? My Batman ain't raising his hand to me. He's not doing something that could cost me the roof over my head or to have to lose my job or leave town or give up my car. And honestly, you got people who are staying together through shit like that. And Marlon Wayans seems to subscribe to that school of thought of people who feel that you might as well just stay. And I'm not a believer in that. I don't believe that you should just stay with people who have hurt you and wronged you because whatever else is going on outside is probably worse. Yeah, I don't believe that at all. So anyway, tasters, that's my rundown. That was a topic that was heavy on my mind. Like there was so much other, you know, different subject matters that I wanted to get into. But again, this one had the most impact. It was just like, is it a joke? Is there something in the water? Like, you know how they always talking about all of this Illuminati and ritual mess? Is this a part of some sort of celebrity ritual where you have to forfeit your relationship for riches, for fame and fortune? And speaking of fame and fortune, I am going to touch on this. I don't like what I'm seeing in the celebrity world lately as far as misery. Yeah, there are a lot of miserable celebrities out here. And I am hating on them. I am. I can name a few. There's one that I am going to name in particular. Besides all of this new shit lately with all of these young women who can barely rap. That call themselves rappers. Just going back and forth at each other and inviting each other to cat fights and shit. Besides them. Because that's just a mess. What do you all feel about your boy Kanye West? Showing up at Paris Fashion Week with my girl Candace Owens. Yeah, I say my girl because I have a lot of respect for a lot of her views. It's not that I'm a fan, but she makes a lot of sense. But that White Lives Matter, those shirts that they both strutted around in at Paris Fashion Week a few days ago. What do you all feel about that, Tasters? Well, I'll tell you how I feel. 
Again, I feel like that is a part of celebrity misery. I'm not up in arms like most people about the fact. We know that what he did, the shirts were ridiculous. We could have done without it. But we all, come on, by this time, everybody knows that everything that Wes does is for shock value. It's for entertainment. It's because he feels that he's brighter, smarter, sharper, faster than everybody. And he's going to do everything he can to prove just how stupid his own people are. When I say his own people, I mean black people. And that's where the misery comes in you got celebrities like him and Candace Owens with all your money and influence and fame instead of looking for a solution since you feel that blacks overall are such a problem you're gonna do everything to point out our flaws to mock us at where we fail I can imagine the snickering that was going on when they put those shirts on. Like, yeah, watch these niggas get mad. You know, I bet they don't get mad about nothing else. Like, that's my Kanye voice. They don't get mad about nothing else that's going on in the world that they should be focused on. But if we put on a White Lives Matter shirt, I'm sure they'll be mad. That's what pissed them off because he's stupid. See, I have an issue with that. To me, that's celebrity misery. You got so much to be grateful for, so much to be thankful for. Instead of trying to find some solutions and doing right by your people again you're going to point out all of our wrong mock us and it's just a mess so again with those white lives matter shirts i'm not in no big rage about it because that's that doesn't surprise me it would have actually surprised me if Kanye West had put on a Black Lives Matter shirt, that would have actually, my head probably would have popped off. I I, I might have just um imploded on the spot seeing him rocking a BLM shirt. And even though, you know, people are focused on, well, the Black Lives Matter movement ain't shit anyway because the person that runs it is corrupt and did a bunch of fraud shit with the money. That is one person in charge of the money portion of that movement. But the movement itself was for a good cause. And the whole white lives matter, just wearing it as a shirt, it's just like, to me, um, I don't know if you would consider it um, a, a, a double, ne- not a double negative. You know where I'm going with it. When don't white lives matter? That's the irony of it. White lives always matter. So why do you need a shirt saying white lives matter? When, when, when don't they matter? We live in a white world. And I'm going to shout out Charlemagne, radio um, personality Charlemagne, for calling Kanye to the carpet about it. He said it. He said Kanye West pandas to white people. He definitely um, does everything that he does is to impress white folks. And this is why he would put on a shirt like that. And speaking of that, that was another one of my points. Candace Owens and Kanye West have a huge problem with blacks. I'm not mad at them. I understand we got a lot of shit with us, a lot of bullshit, a lot of things that need to be resolved, a lot of crap within the black community that has gone unchecked when it comes to violence, when it comes to us being so angry with each other and mean, when it comes to our children not receiving the proper education that they should receive and blaming it on the system. Like we are so far behind. Yes, I understand that. It's enough to piss you off. Like Marvin Gaye said back in the days, make you want to holler. You know, the way they do is life. That I understand that. A lot of the shit that happens with my people makes me want to holler too. But what it has not done is made me turn my anger against the things that my people do to each other. 
it hasn't turned into white worship. And that's where Candace Owens and Kanye West have failed. That's where they fall on their knees and they are going to fall on their faces because they have turned black rage into white worship. And when you do that, that's when you hit a brick wall. Where's your saving grace? As they say, what a conundrum we have here. How does worshiping white people, and I don't even want to say the oppressor, like those words, it's just like, it just makes shit worse. But how does worshiping white people make life better, make things better, make the world go round, pandering to them, clowning for them? And you know what's funny? A while back, your man Kanye West was bold enough to call um, journalist and comedian Trevor Noah out for being a, a coon of all things. Of all things. Kanye, make America great again, hat wearing West. Kanye, Trump loving West. <laughs> Called a, a blackish man. I say blackish because Trevor Noah is um, half white, half black. You know, he has. Uh, do you say double parentage? He is biracial. Jesus Christ. You got to forgive me. <laughs> Trevor Noah is biracial, but he is by no means a coon. And I'm not a big Trevor Noah fan, but I'm even less a Kanye West fan. And I felt like, <laughs> what a hypocrite. He is one of the biggest coons in America. One of the largest coons in the industry. He is a part of this coon machine. And you will call another black man out for coonery. As my girl T.S. Madison would say, my God today. My God today. Well, anyway, that's 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 enough of me with the celebrity world and the things that have made my head spin with them this week. But I just wonder what they feel the outcome is going to be. And, I'm, and what, what about my tasters who think that Kanye West is a genius who can do no wrong? How do you feel about this White Lives Matter thing? And this, and I listened to some of the same people who thought that he was um, hilarious a few weeks ago for having an interview and telling the interview, I'm not going to argue with people who, who make less money than me. People were praising him for that. I thought that was one of the most arrogant, obnoxious lines ever spoken by a wealthy person. You are not going to engage in conversation and argue with someone who makes less money than you. But the reason why you have the money that you do have is because everyone who makes less money than you, that's who supports you. Everybody that's buying Yeezys, everybody that's buying his trash bag um, apparel, anyone who has bought a Kanye West album, they are the reason why you are billionaire status, but you don't care to engage or argue with them, them meaning us. Well, you can't say me because I ain't going to, I'm not going to lie to you. I've never bought anything Kanye West related in my life. Not an album. I'm n- nothing. I mean, streaming is free. I mean, I pay for my Spotify. So if I happen to select some Kanye West music, well, you know what? That goes in his pocket too. So I am a part of that, you know, that 99% that makes him rich. So again, tasters, that was just my thoughts on just celebrities. And again, I, I pray for the world because these celebrities, the ones that are just taking marriage for granted, you know, doing stupid shit, fighting with each other. 
they have achieved, most of them, a status and a level of fame and fortune that most of us can only hope for or dream about or pray for. And this is what they choose to do with it. Argue, fight, clown your community, cheat on your women, destroy your household, fumble the bag. And yeah, I am going to bring up Neil Long's man again. He fumbled the bag. Apparently because, again, of what he did, he's suspended for a year without pay. Can you imagine being with a man who allowed his dick to cause you all as a couple in a family unit to lose, to lose financially because he couldn't follow the rules. Because according to what I'm told or what I've read, it's within his contract. I think he was a sportscaster or whatever he was, a coach, you weren't supposed to be fraternizing within. And he got with somebody on the inside, basically a co-worker, after it was already said that you shall not and will not be screwing on the job. So now you're screwed on the job, fucked up the bag, suspended a year without pay. And as beautiful as Neil Long is, it's like, come on, this has got to really, again, this is heavy. This has a, it holds a lot of weight. How often do you see Neil Long in movies? The last thing I saw her in might've been a year ago was, um, some Netflix movie with Omar Epps, you know, where he was stalking her. Then I hear there's a Best Man 3 coming out. So those are acting rules, roles that are few and far between. What her baby father had was steady income. And now you don't because you couldn't keep, keep it in your pants. But enough about them. Like I said, as it applies to me emotionally. And oh, question that I'm sure you all would ask is, would I forgive? No. No, no, no. In all of my years, I have never forgiven a man for cheating. First of all, I've never been fortunate enough. When I say fortunate, I think it's a fortunate thing when a man gets caught cheating and he can admit his fault. I've never been given that opportunity. The one or two instances where a man did cheat on me, they lied to the bitter end and I couldn't forgive because you can't even admit that you fucked on me. You can't even admit that you're doing any wrong. So no, I don't think I could forgive because I've never been put in a place where I was able to forgive. I've never caught a man cheating and he looked me in my eyes and said, I'm sorry I did this to you. I'm sorry I ruined us. Well, you know what? Kind of, sort of. And I chose not to forgive. You know what? I'm going to save that tasty topic for another day. There was only one instance with somebody that I was heavily involved with was told on and he admitted his wrongs and I was given the opportunity to forgive and move on with him and I chose no. So no, again, I, I'm not in the forgiving spirit. Not, not, not to that extent. And you know what? People say that leaving... You have to be a strong person to leave. I feel like there's a different type of strength in staying. I'm not going to say that I admire women who stay, but you definitely have to be strong. People like to beat up on women who stay and say, oh, you don't have any self-esteem. You don't know your self-worth. You don't love you. How could you stay with a man that did X, Y, and Z? I don't know how you could stay, but I, I know it can't be easy, especially if the 
embarrassment and the cheating, the infidelity was public, something that everybody knows about to stay with someone, especially someone you're married to through that. It definitely takes a strength. I don't think that women who stay through those type of situations are necessarily weak, but I can't, I couldn't do it. No, not me. So anyway, like I said, I knew um, I wanted to leave you with a, I know you fucking lying regarding a tenth of brunch. So years ago, there was a brunch spot in Brooklyn, over here on Fulton and Franklin. It's no longer in existence. And they had just opened. This was about 2016. And it was actually the day before I started the job that I have now. So all of my tasters who can remember this, look, let's take it back. Sophia Petrillo voice. Picture it. Brooklyn. 2016. A young woman in her 30s has secured a career. She's starting her job that Monday morning. And the night before, she's invited out to a brunch with friends. Well, let me tell you about that brunch with friends. Anyway, this is a place, again, that no longer exists. And it was lit. Ooh, we was drinking. As a matter of fact, that was... Maybe my that was one of my first turned up brunches, even before Woodland. We was dancing and drinking and having a good time. I don't even remember the food. I'm gonna be honest with you, Tasters. I don't remember eating. I remember drinking, drinking, drinking. Whatever it was, it was bottomless. It was like bottomless mimosas, bottomless rum punch, and oh, we was getting down. The DJ was, and I remember I was sexy that day. Oh my. God, the day of this brunch, because I got pictures, and it wasn't that long ago. This is 2016 we're talking about. I had on a little black dress that barely touched my knee. It didn't even make it to my knees, and I got real heavy thighs. And back in 2016, I probably was about 15 pounds lighter, so everything was sitting, and I was looking good. Yeah, I was yeah turning heads, stopping traffic on the way to that brunch. Yeah, Stella. <laughs> I definitely was. So anyway... Go to this brunch having a good time. We lit. We dancing. Eating good. I guess we were eating good. Like I said, I don't remember the food, but I definitely remember drinking. So anyway, you know, after about two hours of dancing and shaking all around, you know what happens. You got to pee. I was like, okay, which way is the restroom? So they pointed me. There was two doors. (laughs) One door was locked, and there was another that wasn't. Tastes, are you ready? Here's the I know you fucking lying for your ass. The door that open led to this magical place of debauchery that I'm one of no parts of. I opened the door and there was about four or five, a group of four or five folks with their heads down, with straws up their noses, going in. <laughs> Tasters, I wouldn't bullshit you. It was, um, know it was that type of party and I was not interested and I walked in nobody jumped it was like hey girl you want, you want some? no 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 I don't thank thank you but no thank you look <laughs> be good enjoy y'all y'all do your thing I couldn't believe it tastes with an unlocked door that was like the wildest shit I mean you know this is New York City and you hear about shit like that but I was born in the 70s. I didn't hang out in the 70s. I ain't never experienced no Studio 54 type shit like that. And yeah, they went in there again. Heads down, straws up their nose, and 
um, just piled up in the bathroom in one, and it was like the single bathrooms. So it was like a single bathroom with about four or five people in it, and they was partying. So anyway, <laughs> tasters, I hope you enjoyed yourself at my table today. Um, you know what? I'm gonna wait and you know what? Should I upload this for next Tuesday? Or should I just drop it as a late post? Hmm, it depends on my mood. So anyway, tasters, for all of my married listeners, I hope you all stay together. All of my listeners in strong relationships, I hope you don't fail. And to all of my listeners going through it, shit, if you gotta let them go, let the motherfucking go. Because uh, apparently, um, breaking up is easy to do. <laughs> Take care, tasters. Bye. Hey, hey, tasters. I'm back. I'm back. Look, you know, sometimes when you hit the stop button on these podcast uploads, you think about things and it's like, damn, how come I didn't mention that? So with this tasty topic, this is the question I want to ask. For all of my divorced tasters or tasters that feel like their marriages or their relationships are on the rocks, when you look back, do you feel like you got married for the right reasons or got together for the right reasons? Matter of fact, you know what? Forget the tasters who aren't married. I need to know from my married couples or even the common law because I feel like once you've been with the same person for 10 years straight and better, like Nia and her dude. Look, I was about to say her husband. That's common law. Like when you look back, what was the reasons? I remember I was having a talk with a friend of mine, a male friend of mine. And I told him, I said, I experienced in my young years. And I talked about this in the episode, Marrying Young, Did I Miss Out? You can go backwards and check that episode out if you haven't. Like, I wonder what people's reasons were for getting together. Like, do you have people that get together because they feel like they have similar qualities, similar interests, or is it lust? Do people really marry because the person they're getting married to is the greatest lust feeling they ever felt, the best sex that they ever had? I'm just curious because I feel like for these relationships to just be falling apart the way they did, it's like, damn, well, what was it all for? In the first place, there was an ex of mine who said to me years ago that he feels that a relationship will last and you can avoid divorce if you can remember what made you fall in love with that person enough to marry them in the first place. And I feel like that's some, you know, really wonderful food for thought. In order to stay married or to preserve your marriage, you should always remember what made you fall in love with your spouse in the first place or is it that people just outgrow each other and get tired of each other because forever is a long time tasters a long long time forever is eons when you think forever think back to before you were born can you think back to before you were born of course not just imagine time before you were born plus the here and now and whatever's to come in the future that's forever so when you say those vows and the minister or the pastor the imam or whoever it is says till death 
do you part? Are you ready for that? Like, I'm wondering to all my married tasters, like, send it to me in an email. I'm just so curious. MizIronBox at gmail.com. That's M-I-Z-I-R-O-N box at gmail.com. Do you feel like you even got married for the right reasons? And if you could do it all again, like my divorced people, would you have still married that person? Or would you have just hit backspace and delete on the entire marriage? Like, I know I've got relationships that even though we didn't last, I don't regret having them. Then I've got niggas that I was with, and it's like, I wish I never met them. Like, is that what's happening with these breakups and divorce proceedings? Are you regretting the entire marriage? Like, what is the regret? Is the regret the marriage, the breakup, ever getting together in the first place? I'm just so curious. Again, just questions, things that I didn't touch on when I was first going over this topic. You got to understand a lot of this stuff. I'm just winging it. You know, these are just subjects that are on my mind, things that I want to touch on. You know, I have a few notes here and there, but a lot of it is just like off the top. And again, that's something that I didn't think to mention. Where's the regret? If you could do it all over again, would you? Like I said, this is a question being asked by Stella Belafonte, who has never made her way down the aisle. But that's not to say never. But I will say that when I do get married, I would like that marriage to be forever. That's why I kind of understand the people who wait later in life to do it. Because forever, again, tasters, is a long damn time. Forever. (laughs) 